Should I hold it with both hands? Open mouth, open mind. Yeah, uh, do definitely both hands. Like I'm praying for it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. See, I got that all recorded, goddammit. <laughs> all right, this is the Joe Swanson Propaganda Podcast. Day two out here at the 2014 Ink and Iron Tattoo Festival in the selling booth, kicking it with Josh. What's up, man, dude? What? Thanks for sitting down with me. I appreciate it. Howdy. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm a little tired, but... Uh, I just met you. Just remind these motherfuckers, uh, last name? Hagen. Hagen. Okay, I didn't want to, like, fuck it up too bad. I remember Josh. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's a good start. That's, you know, like... I mean, you wouldn't normally be like, hey, Josh Hagen. You would just be like, hey, Josh. So like, right? I think you already got, you're already on the right step. I'm on the right path. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Where do you tattoo at, man? Uh, I tattoo at a 7 Tattoo Studio in Las Vegas. And I've been there. I've been out there since uh, about November, I think, November. And um, before that, I was at a Sacred Art Tattoo Studio in Tucson for about six years. Okay. Tucson, Arizona, hot as fuck. You like the hot weather man i can't stand it dude but uh what are you doing going from arizona to vegas then but the but those the, those areas like that are super hot have all the best air conditioning d- units inside that is true and they have the best bars because, really yeah well like what's your favorite bar in vegas right now my favorite bar is called the aloha grill and huh. it is literally next door to the shop oh perfect and the bartenders are fucking really they take care of me pretty good that's good you, well, you know what? You develop those relationships, man. When you work at a tattoo shop and there's a bar next door, why not? Yeah. I mean, anything less would be uncivilized. It would be. You get uncivilized every once in a while when, when you, you go to the Aloha Grill? No. I, 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 I definitely... Oh, dude, I'm a big, like, uh, uh, I guess... I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but I, I really don't like fucking, like, asshole drunks, man. Yeah. So, like, You're a happy drunk? Dude, I, yeah, dude. I am a drunk indeed. Okay, so every day I will be drunk, but I just fucking frown on the guys that are just dicks, man. I'm like, right. why why go out and try and have a good time if you're just going to ruin everybody else's? So like, Yeah, that's no good, man. Yeah, like, I think the worst thing that happens is sometimes I get too happy and motherfuckers are like, get away from me. <laughs> right? That's good. That's good. Touchy-feely, man. That's, that's all right. What's your favorite drink? Oh, um, my favorite drink is Johnny Walker. I, whiskey and, guy? And, well, it's I mean it's a scot- whiskey and scotch. Scotch. Same, same same shit thing. though. But uh, believe it or not, like I've I've, I've been through all their shit. But I kind of I kind of like the red label, which is the cheapest one. Really? Yeah. It's what's it's, what about it? It's got some it's got some uh, uh it's got some flavors from the barrel that are like you know that, that all the rest of them have have that are nicer. But it's it's got that gritty like filthy taste to it too. Yeah. Because it's not done as well. Because right. I like a little bit of grit. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I uh, There was this guy up in Lodi where I'm at. He's a bartender there and also was a cook at one of the uh, new restaurants. And he was telling me his family was connected with somebody down in Mexico, and they do this rose tequila. And it's like this pink tequila because they put it in wine barrels, oak wine barrels, and they... They, oh. yeah, and so the the wine, the red wine, kind of pulls in. The color is pulled out of the wood into the tequila, the clear tequila, yeah. and so it comes out pink. I That's guess pretty it's pretty. Rad. Yeah, I guess it's pretty cool. I had yeah. never heard about that. I think that like. 
tequila, like the te- the guys that like make the tequila are probably like the best craftsmen in like all the industries, mm-hmm. man. Like I tell you what, man, some of the like I prefer whiskey because that's just what I. It's like a kind of like when I drink it, it calms me. Mm. Tequila is more like a stimulant, I guess, and I get all crazy and want to take off my pants in the bar and <laughs> shit. But um, dude, t- with the good tequilas, I think are better than any other good liquor, man. That like right. fucking. Uh, Don Julio, nineteen forty-two, tastes like fucking water. I know. Right. It's fucking great, dude. Yeah, I was. Uh, I went down to Santa Cruz for Memorial Day. Uh, about a two and a half hour, two and a half hour ride from Lodi. Spent the weekend on the beach. It was beautiful by the pool. But I took a big double shot of Don Julio right before we left. It'll do the trick. It was nice. <laughs> it is nothing to be trifled with. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm usually a Jameson guy. I love Jameson. You look at my you look at my Instagram. You're gonna see some Jameson, and I dig it. I don't know why it was. I, I took my first. I'm an I'm a new drinker. Over the last oh, like it's maybe a great one for yeah, for that yeah. Dude, I I started drinking hard liquor just a handful of years ago. I drink beer, you know, and, and all that shit. But I had my first uh, shot of hard liquor with uh, Henry Lewis at his at his little painting studio in San Francisco one night. And from then on, I was a fan of, of Jameson. That's his favorite drink. So. Yeah, no, Jameson is great. I, that was actually my, my uh, choice drink for, for some years. And then uh, then I just started drinking, like, some really, like, crappy shit, like Tin High and, like, <laughs> early times and shit like right. that because I started drinking. I had a fucking little, little stripe of time where, like, I was just a filthy gutter drunk. I pulled myself out of that, thank God. But, uh, but the... When I was ordering so many damn drinks, I was going for the cheaper kind. So sure. Like, so now, like when I when I drink, or drink Jameson, I almost feel like it's it. There's too much like soft flavors in it. it mm. It's like good. It's really good, but it like I'm so used to that gross. Yeah, you get you you have that desire that that. Yeah, I want to feel like a that. dirty slut after I sure. take a shot. You know. It happens, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with that either. You oh know? no. You got to do what you got to do. Hanky Panky just walked by over there. Oh, That's a bad ass. motherfucker. Bad and look, dude, here's here's what's Fred and Negretti's right there, man. You heard the guy's album? Freddy's? Freddy Negretti's album? His, His album? album? Dude, he just dropped an album. No way, dude. Yes, man. It's good, too. Really? It, yep. Like he's he's going to be here. Uh, what kind of music is it? It's like alternative uh, rap. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, 415G from this to that is uh, the, the name of the album. He uh, produced by, oh, somebody the last name of Gun. I, I'm sorry, I forget it. The the name of the guy. Rick Thorne did a did a project with him as well. Rick Thorne, BMXer guy and, and uh, commentator and yeah, yeah. Uh, bad motherfucker who was on la- yesterday with me. Bullshitted. He's got a, a collaboration track on on Freddie's album and oh, that's badass. Yeah, he he's a good musician too. I, we I, played hit some of his music yesterday on the on the show and man. These I feel guys, like, I feel like my curiosity is like kind of like working now. Like, yeah. I want to see what this is all about. It, it's cool, man. I, I love the. I lo- I'm going to talk about. I, I'm going to talk about it with him hopefully today. I love what 415G is the reason he used that name. I found out he just did the uh, Inked Mag takeover on yeah, Instagram, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And so I was peeping that out this morning. The reason he called it 415G is 415 penal code is penal code for disturbing the peace. Oh, really? 415G is when there's gang shit involved. Oh, shit. Gangsters. 
Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I, when I used to, I'm, I'm going to repeat myself today because I'm going to have to tell Freddie the story as well. But when I, I raced, uh, my buddy, my good friend Paul Yurick, Nowheresville SF, is uh, a bad motherfucker and a fast motherfucker on a bike, on a motorcycle, two wheels, any two wheels really. He's he just qualified for some mountain bike race, nationals, pro level, motherfucker ra- rode beginner level last year. Oh shit. Coming the, in hot. Yeah, coming in hot and standing motherfuckers up. So he he got me into racing supermoto for a little while. And I had to, you know, I had to have a number on my bike, 596, vandalism, felony vandalism. You know, you got to have that mentality. This is my mentality. You willfully damage or destroy the fucking competition. Yeah. Right? I mean, anything, yeah. So I was, I, that resonated with me, man, the, the, why he called that, you know, his crew the 415G. And uh, I thought that was cool, but it's good. It's good music too. It's interesting when a guy that talented puts something like that out. That's also good. Same, yeah, on a, same on with a different type of like on a whole like different area. level. Yeah, yeah. That's like that's pretty badass. Yep, I have it. I just bought it today. Oh, nice. So I'll let you listen to it for <laughs> sure. But uh, so you're out here just for the show? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I've worked it a couple of times. I don't really prefer to work the show because. I feel like there's so much awesome shit going on all weekend right. that I just don't want to miss it. Like, I just like getting drunk and running around and, like, seeing all my friends. And, like, the times I've tattooed, I just – I pick my head up at – like, I got my head down all weekend tattooing. I pick mm-hmm. my head up at the end of the weekend. I just missed every every cool right. moment, you know. Yeah. It's like, you know, and tattooing's great, but I do it all year, you know. So it's like right. I, I could spare a weekend to have fun. Sure. Absolutely, man. And what a great show to have fun at. It's it's a big show, a lot of shit to see, a lot of shit to do. Yeah, you it's know? great. I, I grew up right down the street from here. So, mm-hmm. like, my mother used to bring me to the boat every single weekend. Really? So, like, yeah, this, the, the boat here has got a special place for me. It's haunted. So. Yeah, I love it. And uh, I like to explore shit. What is, what's the deal with it being haunted? Do you know? Do you know the background story on that? Well, there's just, like, there's, like, a couple different things. There's this, there's this hallway where this, uh... I think it's on the D deck or something. I forgot what deck it is. I, I don't really remember until I see the elevator buttons. But uh, um, this chick, this this hallway, they haven't rented it out until or since since the dock or since the ship got docked, right? Okay. In uh, like 1930s or 40s or something, and uh, this chick straight up murdered the shit out of herself, and it was like a huge bloody mess in one of these Whoa. rooms. So they the whole row, they said it's been like super hella spooky ever since then. And they haven't rent, rented any of them out. And, like, there's this room down at the end where this chick, like, killed herself. They went and cleaned it up, but nobody's been in the room ever since. Yeah. Uh, so, like, but the eye hole's missing Eight. in the thing. The what is? The, the, like, the eye, like, where you look through the door. Ooh. And what, me and my buddies actually, like, he's here with me today. We are, uh, his name's Chris Merrick. But uh, we are fucking rolling down the hallway to check this thing out. He looked yeah. in the eye hole, and he's like, dude, put your eye up to that. And, like, it, it just blew, like. I got like a cold breeze in my eye, so Ooh, that's I, spooky. So I I, I uh, put my eye up to it, and I got a warm breeze in my eye. What do you think that means? I don't know, but I think it's pretty badass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that that that's kind of weird. Yeah, it, it, like it is definitely it had a spooky feeling to it, you know. And that, the whole hallway, there's all kinds of. Sh- oh, there's also a plaque on the wall there. I took one of my other friends, uh, Jinx, down there a couple years later, and uh, there's. He, all of a sudden, he like he had never been on the boat ever, and he started having like a, a panic attack when we were halfway down the hall. 
and he like he couldn't really breathe well so like we sat there for a second and then then we got up and we walked down further and there's a plaque on the wall that that says that like people have had experiences where it felt like somebody's pushing the air out of their chest and this is after his panic attack so uh, there's something funky going on that in is that, fucking that is hallway, fucking dude. sketchy well i I'm, I'm glad to be here now even more yeah, dude, it's so badass, dude. I'll, t- I'll take you down there later. Okay, yeah, let's do it, man. I'm <laughs> yeah. fucking ready. I'll have a couple shots of that Jameson, that smooth, good, tasty yeah. shit, and then uh, we'll go down there. Yeah, dude, it's super rad. It's like, it's yeah, it's like right over here. It's it's super easy to get to. Yeah. It's, it's pretty fun. What, you like tattooing out in uh, Vegas? It's cool. It's cool, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, like, the economy is not, like, super awesome out there, so a lot of the locals don't really get tattooed that often. But the great thing about Vegas is it's a good destination spot. I have a lot of clients abroad, so everybody wants to go to Vegas anyway. So it's sure. a perfect excuse to come out and get tattooed and spend all their money at the tables afterwards. You know? Yeah. How'd you build the clientele over abroad? Have you traveled over there? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't mean really, like, I guess I don't mean abroad as in like, I mean like. Different places, the, yeah. All over the U.S. Sure. Uh, I, we've definitely slowed down quite a bit me and my wife um to where i think we're only doing maybe like 12 or 13 expos a year sure but there was a point where we were doing like over 30 expos a year so we were gone so so long that like all my clients were just built in different places right so it's it's almost impossible for us to not travel now because i i haven't paid no attention Mm -hmm. to clientele back home right so everybody's kind of from different places you know what i think that's the same i've worked out my buddy Uncle Tim, who's going to be on my regular show. You can hear the regular show, same place you're probably fucking hearing this show, uh, from my website or SoundCloud. And uh, I, I record it every Wednesday. New guests every Wednesday. Uh, my buddy Uncle Tim is coming in, I think in a couple weeks or in July sometime. And he owned a shop in Kauai, Hawaii, the Boutique. Oh, badass. Yeah, now owned by another, uh, another tattooer named uh, Miss Billy. And still doing stellar work. They just rebuilt the shop. I'd love to get back out there. But one cool thing about that was that's a destination spot just like Vegas yeah, is. And yeah. so what he was able to do is, you know, he obviously collected information on the on the client's emails and phone numbers and shit. And so what he would do is just kick out emails or a text, you know, group text. Hey, I'm coming to, you know, this spot. And he would pick his conventions based on where, you know, the big groups of people yeah, every yeah, year yeah. were coming in from Michigan. I don't know why, but a bunch of motherfuckers from Michigan That's are coming smart, here. That's pretty smart, dude. Right? right. Same yeah. thing you can kind of do in Vegas, I would imagine, where, you know, you have a lot of people. Okay, here are all the East Coast people. They're coming to Vegas to party. And yeah. That's here my all main the, target you is know, the East Coast. Yeah? Old money out there. Is that right? Yeah, dude. Like, Boston and, like, Boston's crazy, man. Like, I, like, I mean, everywhere's starting to get a little bit better now, I think. But, um like we went out, the first time I went out to Boston, I, I, I was, it was unbelievable to me because everything's been affected by the economy so bad. Uh, or like like all the economies have been affected affected so bad, and then I go out there and it seems like nothing's changed as far as like yeah everybody's working. The only cats that are working are like junkies and like <laughs> lazy bums, you know. But right. like everybody's working and they're getting paid a shit ton of money to do it. <clears throat> it's expensive to live out there, but I think the payoff is great, you know. I heard Philly is an up-and-coming spot. Dude, Philly has got so many dollars ready to be made. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, like, <clears throat> I uh, I go out to Philly, the Philly Expo every year, and um, 
I, I'm definitely, I got a huge clientele out there now because I've been out there for the last four or five years. I don't sure. remember how many, but I'll tell you what, the, the first year that I did the show, I made the most money. Right. Because, like, I, I have my day prices that I charge my clients, but the first one, the first expo, I went out there without a single appointment. Sure. And, dude, the walk-ins were fucking astronomical, man. No shit. Like, I made fucking, like, $4,500 off of walk-ins. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit, I've never made this much money in a weekend ever. Ever, yeah. You know, I, like, I'll go out there with $1,200 a day and make fucking, you know, but, and work my ass off all fucking day. Sure. But, like, the first one, I'm just, like, banging shit out. And it's just like, holy shit, dude. It's almost a point where you, you, where you go, all right, you don't book anything solid you say walk-ups first come first serve and your clients know that they better get their fucking asses down there yeah. real quick dude i want to do that so bad but i fuck around and started sleeves on people oh, see, out yeah, there that's so i'm like yeah i think like i got a really i got a couple really cool clients that i work on which is rad like you know we've we've like built some relationships and stuff like that and it's cool to like tattoo somebody that you know Right. But like I kind of locked myself into these big old projects, so now sure. I can't like now I can't really like do all the small stuff right. that's just gonna like just <laughs> throw make, off the big make shit. Make me a fucking slumdog millionaire in a weekend. You yeah, know? exactly. Is that Mike on Travis? I think so. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah, we got Travis Ross. He has nice lips. Back in the studio. <laughs> Back in the motherfucking studio <laughs> here. Last time Back I seen a mouth shit. like that, there was a motherfucking hook in it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting. Playing. Yeah. <laughs> Are you? Hey, you getting a little ripped right now? A little bit. Yeah. I, I'm pulling up to the scene with the ceiling missing. I think I'm going to slow down <laughs> on the beard because it's going crazy right now. It's going crazy. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I, it's, uh, like, I, I got to be here all fucking day. I don't, dude, last year I got fucking all hammered in, in the Yankees booth, and I was sitting there, and I fell out of the chair just sideways onto the ground in front of, like, a shit ton of people. Sure. <laughs> Everybody wants to remind me about it all the time, too, so I'm like, oh, I can't do that again. No. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't. I don't think it would bode well for you know. Is if but if history's a tell, man, maybe it's going to happen. Hopefully, it doesn't repeat itself. Sean, <laughs> Sean, hey, you remember that when last year I got all hammered and fell out of the seat sideways? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, absolutely. Sean's like, yeah, I remember that shit. Like yesterday. Yeah. That's it's, awesome. it's like etched in his memory. <laughs> I just fucking just, I was just chilling. I'm like, Besi Besides haunted walks down hallways, um, falling out of chairs in the Inky's booth last year, what's some other wild shit you get yourself into? I mean, well, here or... <laughs> It in life, <laughs> oh, I don't oh, you don't want to know all that. Come on, dude. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. My you wife can... might be listening. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I'm a good man to her when she's around. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This is the best show ever. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so, do you dude. like? Do you like doing the bigger tattoo work, or do you like doing the one shot? Um, you In know what, out, dude? Shit. I love uh, I, I love doing the big stuff, but man, sometimes it's just refreshing to just not have to really think about the piece, like because it's just like day after day. Because I work seven days a week all the time, and uh, do seven eight hour pieces every day. Right. And I'm just staring at these fucking pieces, like, and it's like people come to me for a certain style, and what style is that? Uh, color realism, but I do have like mm -hmm. a kind of a horror kind of look to it. And, okay. Like I add a little bit Victorian and like, but like I really I like it to be really dark. I I, I almost kind of like my idea of it is I I want black and gray customers 
like because like a lot of a lot of a lot of guys like won't want to get color realism because they think it's too foofy or like sure. airbrushy or stuff like right. that you know but like the the thing black and gray is a really you know like like horror shit is really masculine looking and i don't like tattooing chicks because they're a pain in the ass to tattoo <laughs> right i like tattooing dudes so like i kind of like crafted my style to fit a more masculine look of color realism right. that way you know like it's a that, little bit more muted yeah, I, I, I used some muted tones through the whole piece, and I just, like, hit a couple superstar colors to kind of, like, bring all the contrast. Into, superstar colors? Uh, yeah. He gets the home run with Like, those. well, I fucking mix it. <laughs> Basically, I fucking take all my, like, like three-fourths three of my colors uh -huh. when, I'm doing these, when I'm doing these pieces. I fucking dip them into gray as a, and, sure. uh, like, bounce in and out of gray so it mutes them down. So they're, like, mm -hmm. there's, a, there's, there's definitely a contrast in them. But it's all like really like, like, really just you know like not a super amount of contrast in them, and then I'll pick a couple of areas where I'll fucking use like straight pigment where it's like right. you know like uh, uh, like like a I don't know. Um, I think you can find. I think you can find. I was watching um, that Jeff Gogway video. Have you seen that? It's pretty interesting. I, I really. His approach is, I mean, that motherfucker's broken it down, you know? Yeah. And, and he talks about contrast, and he talks about value, and he, you can get that same effect. That's what I think makes black and gray so impactful, is it's, you, you don't get lost in the color, yeah, right? Yeah, and if yeah. you're using muted tones, you have to, pro I think you probably have to approach it similar to a black and gray yeah, piece. Yeah, no, really. And you're using a lot of skin tone as your contrast, as opposed to, well, I'll, I'll really saturate the piece with all these muted tones. Like, I do it, like, like different than that, but, like, he definitely, like, pulls it off all mm. day. You know, I mean, we don't really have to say anything more about Jeff Gugway. No. His name says itself, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, like, I, I, I definitely, like, I, I do the full saturation, but, like, everything's, like, really kind of, like, like, suggestive, and then I'll use a couple of fucking, like, really bright fucking colors. Mm -hmm and just key spots that really just make the piece kind of like your attention goes into a spot and the rest kind of falls right. away and and uh and, and and like i feel like some of the shit that i do you can almost like slap a fucking black and gray piece right next to it and blend them in and they, they can oh, go yeah. together right yeah which 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 looks fucking weird in general if you fucking do like a sleeve with like a color piece a black and sure. gray piece you know but like I always try to keep the collectors fucking, you know, like, you know, their best interests at heart, too. Mm -hmm. You know, like, a lot of the guys I, I tattoo, you know, I know that they're also going to get tattooed by other great tattooers. And, and, and I always, like, try to leave the piece to a point to where it's going to be easy to tie into to something tie into else. It, yeah. and, and it'll look good next to any other good piece. Right. Who's killing it right now that you see? Dude, I'm a big fan of fucking like I've always been a huge fan of Nico and 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 Boris fucking blows my mind, dude. dude because, because like Bor like Nico is obviously like he's helped me out a lot, man. He's a, he's a great guy and like he really has a sense of direction with his work that's like awesome. But like Boris, I kind of look at that guy with a different type of look, man. Like this guy is so fucking like his creation level is just off the hook. Like the thing is, is like you know you get. Like, there's all kinds of great tattooers. You could take, 
this guy, this guy, this guy, and put him next to him, next to his beast, and like you know, everybody will have this, their own choice. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing that impresses me about what he does, though, is he makes these fucking super badass detailed pieces that have a shit ton of contrast, but he uses colors that nobody likes to use because they're hard to fuck with, yeah. like fucking oranges and fucking burnt siennas and stuff like yeah. that. People, we try to. All of us, we try to fucking limit ourselves on those because it's really hard to fucking build high contrast with something that's already a light tone. And this right. fucking guy just—I don't know—he just—he just fucks my mind up when I look at his stuff, dude. <laughs> right. It, it's just like it is a—I think his knowledge behind like like his science behind the tattoo is yeah. just incredible to me. And uh, uh, my buddy Rich. Panita is like fucking killing it right now, dude. That guy, he's come so far in such a short period of time, Ain't dude. That something, like, man? so fucking proud of him, man. Yeah. Like, it's it's great to look at, dude. And and it's like, you know, there's a lot of guys that do badass tattoos that look sweet in their pictures, but when it heals, it's not always there, you know. But fucking this guy's shit heals up solid too, man. You yeah. know what impresses me the most about that guy is being in the business for as short a period of time as he has been as a tattooer doing the high quality of work that he's doing you talk to that guy and he's the most humble yeah. thankful mm -hmm. like he's really about the tattoo you know he is he's and not, but he's not about that rock star life right he, and he, and and that's the thing he's got such a he's so grounded by the guys that brought him up and the guys that fed into his career guys like franco who he talked nothing but great things about and stays true to on, he was on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Oh, so I speak, yeah, I spoke with him. That and he, you know, like I said, he just spoke volume. It spoke volumes about Franco's personality and about what Franco is going to do for the industry. And Rich w had nothing but great things to say. It and it it's impressed me both on the podcast when I had him on and while I, since I've met him here and, and hung out with him a bit, how humble and how cool that motherfucker is. Yeah, no, he's a great guy, man. I really like. Yeah, he. he there's, you know, there's there's a lot of different types of people in the industry. There's there's cocksuckers. There's guys that act <laughs> like they're cool, but they aren't really cool. And then there's guys that are cool, and then there's guys that are really cool, man. And right. Like, yeah. he, he's, he's, he's he, really cool. He's a good person, man. Yeah. And that, he, I guess that's just the best way I can kind of explain him. He's just a good good person. Absolutely. What Do you think there's uh, – what's the coolest thing you like about working in the industry today? And what do you think is shitty? Uh. Oh, I could, I could, uh, yeah. The coolest thing about working in the industry today is, like, the, the level of work that's, like, being raised all of a sudden. Like, these fucking little kids are coming out and fucking, like, I'll, I'll, like, I'll be like, I'm cool. I'm just, I, I'm, uh, I've been doing my thing for a minute. I, I, I could start, like, just kind of, like, just floating around the same area. Then all of a sudden I'll go on Instagram one day and there's some fucking 18-year-old kid that just fucking is just, murdering the Slaying. shit out of it and i'm like oh god dude i better fucking start paying attention again yep. and it, like so that like it's it's it really like the bar is being raised to a fucking to a level that like it's just hard for anybody to keep up and there's so many people doing it too so i mean back like 10 years ago there is you know like the big names everybody knew who that person was because there was only a handful of them guys doing the high, now, yeah, highest quality so work many people that are doing the high quality stuff now it's like you know it, it's it's it, you got to really like try to stay ahead of the pack or otherwise you're just going to get left behind 
what do you do to stay ahead of the pack? Like, what do you do personally? What do I do personally? I try to be more creative, I think, man, because, like, I started doing a, like, I remember when I was still, like, I was just doing black and gray at the time, and I seen a magazine come out, and this is before I met Nico, and uh, but I seen a, I seen uh, I, I don't know what magazine was, it was, it was years back, but uh, I seen the color portraits. It was like, I think, like, Mike DeVries was in the magazine, too, which yeah. I look up to him a lot, man, he, and, uh, uh, he's definitely innovated in the industry, um, but uh, like I seen these pictures of these like color portraits, I'm like, holy fucking shit! Mm-hmm. Like, this is amazing, you know? Like nobody's ever done this before. It, like people have, but like not like not to that level. Yeah, and uh, and I was a big fan of Dino Cook before that. Like obviously, yeah. I think he might have been like the <laughs> the starter of like the catalyst of what led into that like further down the line. But uh, I I was a uh, I was like dude that's what I want to do that's the hardest shit right now because nobody can do it and uh, I want to fucking do that and uh, so that's what I did and I fucking started learning that style and I uh, I got I went and got tattooed by Nico and started hanging out with him a little bit and he like gave me a lot of good advice that I really like it's still to this day is still great advice you know and uh, but. As like it started progressing, I realized there's a lot of other people that also probably felt the same way. Sure. And now you could walk through an expo hall, like what right down down a row, and there's a shit ton of people that do color portraits. You know. Right. So it's like, and they're all good at them. And the thing is, I was like, you know what? So like, if you're running in a pack with everybody kind of like doing a really good job at the same thing, the only way I'm going to continue to stand out is if I take what I've learned from doing color portraits and use it as more of a creative kind of like freehand imagery that like it was really like a kind of a stepping stone for my next Mm -hmm. step and uh, that's that's kind of now I'm doing like some weird stuff where like I got shit unraveling and and it's just Mm -hmm. trying to just trying to challenge myself to think harder about the piece and, and make it less mechanical for me I think and Absolutely. I just I, I think I, I, I think I like I really like have a feeling that um, I kinda have grown to have a black and gray tattooers outlook on my color tattoos. Hmm. Because I mean you look at all the like the cool shit that people like, all the weird like gravelly, like veiny mm-hmm. fucking textury shit that people are doing with with black and gray that's so cool you know but like yeah. a lot of people don't really tackle it with color you know it's all it, smooth it's really hard to it's it, i think it's really hard to to make a color piece look serious as far as you know like yeah. without looking goofy you know sure mm-hmm. so my like i so i feel like i i view my tattoos like my style as like something that a black and gray artist would approach their tattoo at. Do you test that shit out on canvas first or, or watercolor or in some other medium? Uh, to be honest with you, man, I don't really have that much time to paint. Yeah. But um, what I do what I do is I kind of, like, I'll think about, like, the direction I want to go, and I'll have a client come in, and I'll be like, oh, let, let me, like, add this little kind of thing to it. And... I'll slowly start attaching more of the direction that I've thought in my mind to, sure. the, the, like, the tattoos as I go. Right. And um, as as I'm starting to post pictures of these types of things with, like, it getting more extreme, 
with it being more fantasy-like, then people are like actually asking me for that type of thing because they're used to seeing it. Right. Yeah. Can you pinpoint one thing that when you were hanging out with Nico, one thing that he t- said to you that really resonated and sticks with you to this day? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot, but the one the one comment he said to me when he was tattooing my hand that like was the best advice that I ever had in my career was uh, he said he told me because I was like tripping out on how he'd like look at the reference and then look at like the stencil and just and just like mowing this area and like but like he wouldn't just like kind of like feather it in or anything like he just like dumped the needle dropped it in there and just fucking busted out the shit and it looked fucking like I'm like looking at this area that he just hit and if I'm like holy shit dude like the fuck is he doing you know <laughs> right and then he fucking comes in with another tone and just drops it right over that thing and all of a sudden i'm like what the fuck is wrong with you dude and he's like he's like what do you mean i was like how do you just like how are you so like you just know what's up he's like dude he's like you have to make a confident competent decision and he's like he's like you need to make a confident decision that is a good decision right and that's what i do in my tattoos i make decisions and so i was like Maybe I don't make enough decisions. When I went back to the, when I went back to the shop, and I, the first tattoo I did was ten times better than any tattoo I did before. Just because you're thinking, make a confident and confident decision. Confident yeah, decisions. I made decisions to that whole tattoo, and, and uh, I was like, fucking like, it just opened a door. Yeah, it was just it, it, like best advice I've ever had in this industry. Right. It was great, dude. That's and awesome. It was, it was such a small comment too, and it, sure. it, like it had a huge impact on me. Well, I think that's good, man. I, I've had the same way. One of the things my mentor told me early, early on, and I come from a street shop-like environment uh, from the get-go, like military town. He, my mentor, Steve Hendricks, he was always in, like, Subic Bay, Philippines, Hawaii, oh, always shit. port cities, military cities, bases right there. And uh, so he, he had that same mentality of, and he did a lot of the you know, traditional one-shot pieces. And he was doing this bird on my leg that had a long Sailor Jerry piece. It's his mom and dad. It's got a long banner with some long-ass straight, you know, long-ass yeah. lines that, that didn't have any breaks. He's like, motherfucker, man, why? You got to do this to me, right? You, know? <laughs> you got to put this shit in there. Like, and as he was doing it, he was tattooing, I think, at 19, 20 years at that point, and kind of, not phasing out, but he wasn't doing a lot of tattooing at that at that point. He was letting all of us make it, make money and shit, and wobbled the line a little bit, a couple of spots. And when he came back to it, he goes, "You know, Joe, remember this." He goes, "It's not it's how perfect you can make the tattoo; it's how perfectly you can cover up your mistakes." And I still remember that today. And I still look at those little things that I'm doing in my drawings and in my tattoos. If I if there's a little bobble or there's a little this or a little that, I try to first. I try to minimize those areas in my in my drawing in the composition of the piece, and then when I'm doing it, if there is something that happens, I'm already pre-thought how I'm gonna yeah. work through these complicated little parts of the tap. You know. That's dope. Yeah, that's good advice right there. I remember 18 years later, I'm still thinking of that shit, trying to tell other people it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like to remind myself. <laughs> That's right. But so, what's next for you, man? Were you going back to Vegas? And I'm, I'm gonna head out to Boston for about three more months. Um, right now, I'm kind of like in a, in the finishing stages, of launching launching my own stencil uh, 
set up like a stencil making product but uh stencil um, making like well uh, yeah no like just like a st- you know like you know stencil tra- you know like the stencil stuff or like uh sure you know something like that like speed stick but used to be yeah I mean, <laughs> yeah right know, yeah um yeah, like I, so, I'm, I've been working on that for a while. That's awesome, like, man. Right now, I'm like hitting it really hard in Boston, trying to stack mm-hmm. the chips to kind of like so I can afford to do all the uh, distributing and bottling and stuff like that. Sure. It's it's crazy, like all the like costs that you don't really think of when you start working on one of these projects. Sure, is and, it something you can talk about uh, in, in more detail as far as plugging it, or do you want to wait for that? I mean, yeah, I mean, there's not really a whole lot to talk about right now. I mean, it's it's a good product. It's I I feel like. I mean, there are some really great products, and and I I feel pretty confident that if anybody uses it, they might make the switch. Or, but uh, uh, not that it, I'm not saying it's better than anything else, but uh, it but has it's, it's good stuff. Yeah, you know? absolutely, that's it's great, solid. man. It, it, you know, everybody has their own preference on what they use. You know, sure. And, and I'm sure a lot of people will like it. Good, that's awesome. When is it launched already, or you're you're no, launching? No, it? it should be launched around September. Cool, so, man. Yeah. When, when you launch it, you got to hit me up, and I'll have you back on the show, okay. regular show, or if you're around in my area, we can we can uh, figure out a time and oh, we'll plug the shit awesome. out of it, man. Cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, my pleasure, man. It's been a great time talking with you. You Hope too. Hope you enjoy the weekend. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this was fun. We're going to get... We're going to get... Uh, Haunted, White right? Wasted. Later, sometime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we might get wasted too. There's gonna but, be a lot of Jameson and a lot of ghosts. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's good. Fucking a, man. Hey, thank thanks, you. Josh. I Tell people it. where they can uh, get a hold of you if they want to get tattooed. Websites, Instagrams, all that shit. All right. Well, my Instagram is just J O S H H A G A N. Straight up. That's easy to get, easy to uh, follow me on there. My uh, um, if you want to make an appointment. My email address is on there, uh, and my assistant can take care of you and what have you. Um, Do you like selfies? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not really a selfie kind of guy. Um, He's sexy enough for it. <laughs> that, 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 that shut that him up. Went, yeah. He's like, am I? Well, it wasn't my comment. Then, I it will was... take a picture of myself every now and then and post uh, um, <laughs> hot boys in Hondas. <laughs> uh, hashtag Leah's yeah, pissed. Hashtag yeah. Leah's pissed. Hot boys in the sun tattoos. I like it. Hot yeah. boys with yes. tats. Hot boys without shirts. Yeah. Um, big old hogs. Big hot old boys with hogs. Hey. That's a good one. <laughs> hot boys with shants. <laughs> I got uh, hashtag. I got a big old hog. Yeah, that kind of nice. Shit, you know, good shit. Well, everybody go to Instagram. <laughs> check out this bad motherfucker <laughs> and start hashtagging your own shit like that. Everybody hashtag Leah's pissed. Everybody. We're trying to, we're trying to build pissed. this shit. Leah's pissed. Spell it out. Got, it's like, gonna be a movement. Okay. L- <laughs> hashtag L E I G H A S P I S S E D. Leah's cool. Pissed. I like it. On you, any picture. On any matter. picture. Fuck it. Hey, and hashtag Jay's on my feet. <laughs> Jay's on my feet. I like it, man. <laughs> Everybody can go find. Huh? Dude, we just got some straight oh, groupies shit. going on. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. I can. I, anybody wants to check out my shit, you know where to find it. OG Joe Swanson on Instagram. Everything's OG Joe Swanson. Find me on Instagram, Twitter. The website's The Real Joe Swanson. Ain't that family guy, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> right? You got it. I'm the real one. I've been around 40, almost 40 fucking one years. So, you know, I was around longer than that. I hope to one day talk to Seth McFarlane and see if I can maybe oh, dude, pull. Can I pull some, like, 
royalty money off the name? Or right, oh. at, at least I want to find out why he picked my name. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the least he can do. That's how I feel about I Ross Clothing Store. At my last name's Ross. I, sh I should... I should be able to at least get free clothes, dog. But it's not Travis Ross <laughs> Clothing Store. This motherfucker's got Joe Swanson. The whole name. There's an episode called The Joe Swanson Story. It's crazy. It was the weirdest shit when I first heard it. That's Somebody crazy. was like, hey, have you heard, seen that commercial? It was like a decade ago. Have you seen that, uh, that show, Family Guy? And I'm like, no, I haven't really checked it out. And she's like, oh, yeah, there's a character on there that's it's got your name. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. It got my name. <laughs> and I go, and I ended up watching it that night, and it happened to be the one where um, Joe Swanson is in it, and it was the Joe Swanson story, and I'm like, get the fuck out of Dodge, man. I can't believe this shit. It's weird. Royalties. <laughs> yeah. Right, Seth? Holler at your boy. Dollars over donuts, dog. Fuck yeah. Donuts are zeros. All Dollars right. are yeses. Get it, Josh. Get it, Travis. Get it, me. Get tattooed. We're out here. Selling Booth, Ink and Iron, 2014 Tattoo Festival. I like it. All right. Thanks, dude. All right, dog. Appreciate Peace. it.